Hello, everyone. Hi, this is Mark Goddard uh, from the Lost in Space series of years ago. I played Major Don West. And I want to let you know you are listening to Saturday Matinee Theater. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. And of course, Omaha Bound Entertainment. If you need something bound or you need it bound right the first time, go to omahabound.com today. Also check out, they got special projects, they got hard to find books. Omahabound.com, check them out. Speaking of special and fancy stuff this week, we have something special for you. It is our 50th episode 50 50 wow 50 as some would say that was my alligator sound oh okay <laughs> it's our 50th episode we made it to 50 it's hard to believe can you believe it pat i can't believe it i man i can't believe it i'm so excited well since this is our 50th episode of saturday matinee theater as we usually do every 10th episode we decided to take a quick break from our regular programming. Don't fret. Holmes and Watson or Batman and Robin will be back on track next episode. I think it's Holmes and Watson, but we'll be back to regular programming next episode. But we're going to do our 50th special. And this episode, we travel back to 1959 to review Alligator People. I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, Death Probe. Joining me, as always, is the scaliest of co-hosts. Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. How are we feeling today, Dr. Christatos? Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. You know, I'm feeling, oh, man, I'm feeling a little sleepy. Did you turn on that sun lamp? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to get... Yep, that's it for him. He's <laughs> he's out. <laughs> sun lamp got him, I guess. Gator alligator. Eat him up. Eat him up. Also joining me is our sharp-toothed cohort, Delvin the Dark Web Williams. And how are you today, Delvin? As an Auburn fan, I'm feeling pretty good. Just need to warn you guys out there, don't go to LSU. (laughs) 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 Craziness is going on down there. I don't know what's up with that. War Eagle. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Although, if someone's looking for you, apparently they keep good records. So... Apparently, which I was surprised at. I didn't even know they could write down there. (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and to round out our usual crew, we've got the only podcaster who can grow back his tail. It is Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Welcome back, Jason. Hey, thanks. Good to be back. Got this big box of Cobalt 60. Where you guys want it? <laughs> um, uh, hey, that stuff works every time. <laughs> That's Cobalt 45. Oh, 45. Oh, every well, time, then... too, because I've been drinking it all day, man. I'm feeling mm-hmm. great. I'm feeling strong. I'm starting to get a little scaly. But I, I got yeah. a, I got a note that I got to pass you. Well, hmm. I want to read it. While Jason considers reading that note, let me introduce our special guest for our 50th episode. He is no strangers to monster flicks. He is the original monster madness man himself. It is Professor Frenzy, which means it's a show. show. Yes, it is. Thanks, guys. It's always fun to be on with you guys. We like to do when we have a guest on. I got a question, and I've tailor made the question for Professor Frenzy because, no joke, he is a classic movie monster guy. Mm-hmm. So, this film, Alligator People 1959, features Lon Chaney Jr., who has done more than a handful of classic monster films. 
So I figured I'd ask Professor Frenzy what is his first memory of Lon Chaney Jr. And what's his favorite film with Lon Chaney Jr.? Yeah. Well, the first movie I saw Lon Chaney Jr. in was The Wolfman. I think that's probably the most popular film that he was in. I thought he was terrific, and it's still one of my favorite movies. I love the soundtrack. I did an episode of Soundtrack Alley with Randy Andrews on the soundtrack for The Wolfman. I just love that movie. My favorite movie. Hmm. There's a lot of different ways you can look at it, right? His best performance as an actor was probably when he played Lenny in Mice and Men. He was opposite Burgess Meredith on that one, who played George. Objectively, the best movie he was in was probably High Noon. He wasn't the main character, but he played a pretty pivotal role in High Noon. I really love the universal horror movies he was in, but he kind of plays the same character over and over. He's in a lot of them. I think he's in six movies. And it's always, last night I killed a man. Tonight the moon will be full and I'll turn into a wolf. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, we know. It's kind of like recording with Pat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does he turn into a wolf? Oh, he kills a man about every other oh, night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. You can either confirm that or deny. <laughs> so I'm going to go a little off road here. I'm going to pull something out of my hat a little bit. Lon Chaney Jr. did a bunch of Inner Sanctum movies. So Inner Sanctum was a bunch of kind of supernatural dramas. And it was a radio show back in the 30s, I think. And Chaney got to play a lot of different characters than the whiny Larry Talbot and all the heavies he played later. He got to be a romantic leading man. And he was really, really good at that. So the one I'm going to come in with for my favorite Today, right now, at in 10 minutes, it might be different, but a movie called Weird Woman. It's from 1944. Cheney played a college professor. He comes back from a trip to this jungle country, and he has married a voodoo woman, kind of a young voodoo princess, and his stateside crush does not take it very well. The stateside crush is Evelyn Ankers, who played opposite Chaney a lot. She was in The Wolfman, and they had great chemistry, but they didn't get along at all. And she played a bad guy, and she's got this kind of girl-next-door look, and she did great as a bad guy and weird woman. So that's where I'm going to come in. Jason, you got any Mary Jane bits at this time? <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> My man come back from the country with a voodoo woman. It's on. It's on. I'll be all voodoo dolls. I'll be you know, sticking the pins. I got my safety pins. Yeah, that's what you, you do. Know? And I will, <laughs> I will make a feel it. Keep my hands off my man. Weird woman, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Weird woman. That's a very thoughtful answer. And I think you've given us a lot of good leads if you're a hmm. classic cinema buff out there. I have not seen Weird Woman. Check it I, out. I am going to check that out. And with that, while I go watch that, Pat, will you tell everybody what this is all about? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked, and I definitely will. So, Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes indexed show brought to you by the Lombok's Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. This time around, we're going to look at 1959's sci-fi horror alligator people. But don't forget to run over those gators if you see them in the road. <laughs> Pat skills, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, just 
Tickles the ivories. I didn't know he could do that. I played that with some wet hands. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You had it with the wet hands? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you the one that got these footprints all over the studio? Yeah. And, well, you know, when I play, I get a little stage fright, so I get kind of sweaty. In any event, we should talk about some details of this movie. This movie was called The Alligator People, and the release date was 16 July 1959. The director was Roy Del Ruth, with writers Orville H. Hampton, Charles O'Neill, and Robert M. Fresco, who was uncredited, with stars Beverly Garland as Jane Marvin and Joyce Webster, Richard Crane as Paul Webster, Lon Chaney Jr. as Manon, Frida Enniscourt as Lavinia Hawthorne, George McCready as Dr. Mark Sinclair, Vincent Townsend Jr. as Toby, and Ruby Goodwin as Luann. As of this recording, December 2020, this film can be found for free on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this film before proceeding with this podcast because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about the movie and then we're going to discuss it. So there are some spoilers heading your way. So if you haven't watched this film, we recommend that you pause here, go check it out, come back to join our discussion. Movie's about 74 minutes, so if you don't have that kind of time, we understand you're just going to have to trust us from here on in. Will we lie to you? Yes, if it were funny. For those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag SMTMovieJared. SMTMovie. Jason. SMTMovie. Pat. SMTMovie. Watch it up. Watch it up. (laughs) Jerry. SMTMovie. SMT movie with the hashtag in front of it. And with that, let's turn it over to Jarrett for the episode summary. Inside this strange forbidding plantation, on the edge of the death-laden bios, there is a horror beyond belief. A scientist turns his cobalt rays on the revolting scaly monarchs of the swamps to transform men into hideous living gargoyles whose faces must be forever hidden from human sight. He didn't have to hit him. Quick and simplest way, Doctor. But these are people. You don't handle them like animals. Beverly Garland as the unwelcome visitor, haunted by the fear that the man she loves has become one of them. What are you doing? I'm not leaving here, Mrs. Hawthorne, until I get the answers to the questions that brought me here. What have you done with my husband? Lon Chaney as the hook-armed, hate-maddened Cajun. I'll kill you, alligator man! Just like I'd kill any four-legged gator! Suspense that will clutch you like quicksand. <coughs> Pulling you down into bottomless depths of suffocating horror. Now, before I start the summary, I do want to say thanks to everybody who voted on this show. We tossed it to our Crusaders Club members. We'll have more information on how you can join that later in the show. And I might have even tossed it on Twitter. I don't remember, but I let everybody pick the genre. I put out four different genres and we had a vote and they picked horror film. And I thought, hmm, black and white horror film. 
Well, necessarily have to be black and white. The only rule on the show is it has to be older than our oldest person, and this is older than Jason. So thank you to everybody who voted. And with those thanks out of the way, let's get to the summary. Nurse Jane Marvin undergoes a truth serum therapy performed by her psychiatrist, where she reveals that she had a completely different life as Joyce Webster, and she's repressed her entire Joyce Webster experience due to the horrific nature of those experiences. Joyce was a happy newlywed when her combat veteran husband, Paul, received a secret disturbing telegram while they were heading by train for their honeymoon. Paul simply disappears from the train after reading the telegram, and Joyce begins her investigation into his disappearance. She tracks Paul all the way to the dark swamps of Louisiana, but all she finds in the southern mansion is unfriendly locals and more questions. What happened to Paul? What dark secrets are being kept in the Louisiana swamp? And will Jane's doctor reveal to her what she experienced as Joyce Webster? Tune in and find out. Okay, we're going to get into the highs and lows here momentarily, but I have an early fun fact for you. This film was made on a budget of $300,000, specifically made to double bill with The Return of the Fly, starring Vincent Price. The Fly, starring Vincent Price and David Hedison, had been a big hit the year earlier. They wanted to get a sequel out there, and as was the case for many films back in these days, they like to do double bills, so this was sort of the B-side of The Fly 2 with Vincent Price. So now that our heads are in the right space for these 50s horror sci-fi classics, let's get into our highs and lows. We're going to do a couple of rounds of this as we always do. So we will start with our guest as we always do. And Professor Frenzy, would you like to start us off with a high or a low on Alligator People? I'd like to start with a high. I really like the way that the relationship between Joyce Paul's mother and the doctor was developed. They struggled with coming clean with each other. You know, there were there was lies at the beginning of the relationship, but eventually they did. And Joyce understood why they did what they did. She was accepting and really caring towards Paul's mother. And I really think that's great in a movie like this. Having a core group of people that really know and trust and are kind to each other is a really big seller for me. It, it raises the stakes when things go bad. And it also just makes me feel good. So that's a high. Definitely. I like the character development quite a bit in this myself. All right, Delvin. High, low, what the? Round one. I'll talk about Joyce. I liked her. I liked her character. She was very strong. We're not a fan of damsels, really, here on SMT. And she was not a damsel. She was absolutely determined to find the truth and nothing would get in her way. There was a line that they had, and I'm going to mangle it, of course, but they're kind of throwing off the scent and trying to so basically like, oh, so you came here off of that little information? She's like, I would have traveled farther off of less. And I'm like, man, you're not going to shake her from this trail no matter what. She was determined to find out what happened to her man. And just that determination made me like her a lot and wished her success in her journey. Oh, absolutely. She was a strong character. She carried the whole film. I mean, the whole film gets carried by Beverly Garland. Mm-hmm. What a good job. I was impressed as heck, dude. Pat, hi, hello, what the? I'm going to go a little different way than actually the story and all that, and I'll save it for the second round. What I noticed in watching this was I really couldn't tell that it was an older movie just because the restoration or just how this came out, the film, it felt really newer 
on the eyes to me, just the restoration of it. It felt really up to date. Normally you'd see like squiggly lines or just out of focus, things like that. Whoever did this to get it back to the quality that it was, hats off to them. It was very well done. I agree. It was a well curated film. Yeah. I want to ask you a follow-up question to that, Pat. Did you watch it via the YouTube yes, version? Yes, I did. Okay. I'm guessing everybody here did, with the exception of me, I had it on DVD, everybody else YouTube. Yep. Yeah. YouTube. Was it the same on DVD then? Yes. Whoever curated this film curated it well. Let me do a follow-up to your follow-up question, since we're talking about the film. Now, you picked this one. Had you seen it before this? Yes. I saw this movie for the first time maybe four, five, six months ago, something like that. I went to a convention that I do almost every year. Of course, not this year. Monsterama, about this time last year. And at Monsterama, there's a guy, a vendor there that I always buy stuff from. He knows me so well that when I'm setting up my table, he comes over and he's like, well, here's my new James Bond stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's where I get all my vintage James Bond toys and stuff. Uh, he's a great toy dealer. And he also had this big box of Starlog magazines. And I made him an offer on all the Starlogs. And he was like, ah, I guess I'll take it. And I did that thing that I always do. And I go, well, it's a deal. If you throw in alligator people on DVD, <laughs> I always ask for that one more thing. He was like, fine, take it. He's like, I think you're going to like this movie. So I had it for about six months. I was hanging out with my then five-year-old son, Jay, one night. And I was like, you want to watch alligator people? And he was like, yeah. And we popped it in. I figured, you know, he's five. He'll be distracted for 10 minutes. He watched the whole thing mm. beginning to end and loved it. And I was like, that speaks well of this movie it yeah and it it's not that long engaged. of a movie yes yeah. it does not overstay its welcome and it keeps you engaged for the full 74 minutes so thank you for letting me run my mouth and tell that story oh jason's been waiting patiently that we ran long there jason round one high low or what the i didn't watch it jared i was gonna start off with comments on jane but delvin did such a good job i'm gonna pull an audible here and say the other thing that i really liked was the setting that Louisiana Bayou was really cool, dark, mm -hmm. and menacing. And one of the things to kind of tap into what Pat said about the restoration, I was kind of concerned that with it being so restored, it would, you know how it reveals sure. some of the, the flaws yeah. and the shortcuts? I didn't mm -hmm. get that feeling at all. I was watching this and I was like, let me see some cheesy little stuffed alligator things. But for the most part, I'm like, I think that's a I think they real, use real ones. Yes, there were several real When she's walking around in the swamps, oh, yes. I was like, whoa. She like kicked one as she's walking. She's like, oh. And she didn't think nothing of it. I, I was like, holy cow. This, so I was really just engaged. And the way they set it up, too, when Manon says, oh, you wouldn't last like 10 minutes out here. And then she has to run in the dark, in the rain, after her man, I was just, my eyes were glued to the television. I was just so amazed at how well it held up, considering how old it was. So hats off to the setting and the direction. Yeah, it's got great ambiance, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, very good. Very good. That closes out round one, which means it's time to start round two, which is back to Professor Frenzy. It's a mm -hmm. show. I really liked how... The doctor character. I liked how he tried this experimental alligator therapy or whatever it was to save Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and it went wrong, right? And he's trying to fix it. He's not like a crazy, mad, evil doctor doing irresponsible experiments on people. He's really trying to heal the guy. And 
Joyce understands that, right? She comes to understand that he's a good guy, even though that they're keeping secrets from her, that he isn't a Dr. Frankenstein doing something crazy to her husband. I thought that that was a good part of that trio of the main three people in this movie. I think that's a good point to where they kind of flip it around on you in the beginning to make you think the lady of the manor is hiding something. And then the doctor's like, no, we can't tell our secrets. And then all of a sudden you get the flip around of why they were doing it out of Mm -hmm. love. Yeah. And the doctor just wanted to do something good for the world and just went a little wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And plus he rolls in that ball or swamp buggy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Swamp awesome. buggy. That was cool. Oh, I got to check that off my list now. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> I knew Swamp buggy was on that list yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Doctor's got a cool boat car, I said. Swamp buggy. <laughs> All right. Delvin, what do you got for round two? I'll say this is a high because it speaks to a big plot point. I was kind of looking through a movie and I was saying that Paul was... First, he was really secretive about what had happened, even though he was about to tell his wife what happened and got interrupted. But then as it went on, like any time that he she was even in the same room, he would run away. And I was reminded of my granddad, my uh, my dad's dad back in the day. And um, my mom and he were really close, practically raised her as a daughter. And one time my mom worked at Sears and my granddad was out and he was walking around and apparently, I mean, older gentleman. And so he had false teeth and he didn't bring his false teeth, not expecting to see anyone he knew. And he saw my mom and he hid his face because he didn't want her to see him in such a condition. And I thought about that. And just even having that thought, it gives me chills to think about like, I mean, absolutely. If it's someone that you love dearly and you want them to see you at their best. And they did a very good movie point of making her mention how he looked better than ever after this plane crash to the point that she didn't even believe he was in one. And then they juxtapose it with him not even wanting to be in the same room with her. That was excellent. That was very well done. Excellent, excellent. Yep, yep. There's so many little nuances about this movie that just keep it crisp for 74 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Just to go back to your first point, Delvin, I think it also shows what a strong character she was Because even though, I mean, he was looking pretty hideous, it struck me, too, that she's also a veteran. She was also in the war. She served as a nurse. So she's seen some things, too. And I thought that they did a really good job, as you mentioned earlier, not having her be the damsel in distress. She was standing by her man. And I really liked that and respected that about this movie. Everybody loves Joyce. Joyce is awesome. Beverly Garland did a great job. Pat, you're going to keep these highs rolling or are you going to bust out a low in round two? Maybe a what the? What you got? The only low I would say is that man, and he doesn't like the alligators, and he's a bad <laughs> shot. I don't know how many times he shot at the alligators, but he couldn't. I, like, I almost use that as my opening bit, like, oh, I can't stand you, Pat. And I just pretend like I'm shooting at you and you're like, you missed, you missed, you missed. You missed. <laughs> he can't shoot but, uh, and he lies. Lies, yes. <laughs> but I think he, you know, he played a great character there where you see him as a kindly guy in the beginning. And then you see his kind of craziness or just uh, where he's kind of going off the rails. And then you see him really off the rails later, you know, later on in the swamp when he brings her back to the cabin and then what he tries to do and man i thought that character was pretty good and then how he gets his comeuppance at the end there was pretty good too as well so these older movies you know was this supposed to be like a horror movie was it oh yeah they were trying to get in that fly vein 
Okay. Because I was like, well, this I'm waiting for something really scary to happen, but it's like, I could kind of see it all coming at you. You know what the title was going to happen, alligator people. Okay, well, sometimes an alligator person's going to show up here. So, <laughs> I bet Professor Frenzy would back me up on this. A lot of your older horror movies are just more like atmospheric horror. Definitely. Okay. More psychological thriller. Yeah. Like, you know, they're going to come with something, but they spend a lot of time building up towards whatever it was. And I wouldn't say they took their time getting there, but it was a buildup to get to that point. You know, watching this is like, man, I miss stuff like that. It was a nice scare. I wasn't shocked at anything that I saw, but I was intrigued as how they played it out with the atmosphere. I wish there'd be more like that. Just a simple one. When you want a little taste and you don't mm-hmm. have to get freaked out or grossed out. You were scared when you started the movie. Weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I want to pass this question on to Jerry real quick, because we've got a long theme of making Jason wait for a while. Jerry and I were both very familiar with Lon Chaney Jr. So I wanted to ask him about that. Pat was talking about how his character changed. That to me was a powerful heel turn because he's always been lovable Talbot. So did you feel that too? Did you did you feel sympathetic towards him at the beginning and then feel that strong change like I did or did it have any effect on you? Yes, but I've also seen a lot of Lon Chaney movies later in his career. He played the heavy in a lot of older movies. So the kind of uh, henchman lumbering guy kind of behind, you know, he got pretty raggedy in his old age. This part fit well for that raggedy. (laughs) Yeah, it did. But yeah, at first you think maybe he's going to be a good guy. Turns out not to be true. Yeah, you sense that turn coming when he said something basically like, yeah, well, take off your clothes or something. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, oh, oh, oh man, yeah. really? Yeah. So, yeah, then he got his comeuppance because he got his butt kicked by a gator dude. So. <laughs> <laughs> good fight, too. Good choreographed fight, I thought. Yeah, uh, good fight. But you know what? Jason's once again patiently waiting. Jason, what do you got to close out the official round? Well, that was going to be my scene, that scene in his cabin. That was the scene that I was the most scared because, and I think that the film did a really good job of just gradually escalating that threat level to the point where when he rescues her, and I'm using air quotes, and brings her to his cabin, because first he said, I'm going to bring you home. I thought he was going to bring her back to the main house. Mm-hmm. Then I saw him bring her to the cabin. I was like, oh, this is not good. And then he good. made that comment about, oh, you need to take off those wet things. And I was like, this is really not good. And I was like, she is in real trouble here. So I was actually relieved when the alligator man busted in. That was probably the most scared I was in the film. And the actors really pulled that off well. It was good writing and good execution. I have a follow-up question. As I was watching this, I was thinking of the Spider-Man character, the lizard. I was thinking of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And I wondered, I wonder if Stan Lee saw this. And this is where he got the idea for Kirk Connors there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. This is what, 59? So, yeah, Kirk Connors not on the scene yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, my only follow-up question was about the actor who played Paul, which was Richard Crane. I wonder if he'd made a lot of money on this movie or if he just got paid scale. (laughs) (laughs) I give you a laugh. I give you a laugh. I was wondering, I was like, okay, what's the gag going to be? Boy, you really sunk your teeth into that one. (laughs) 
Okay, that's the end of our official highs and lows rounds. But as usual, I will open the floor to burning highs and lows. Any final thoughts overall in the movie that you just need to get out? I I think I'm going to give the floor to Jerry, not Pat. I wanted to give a shout out to Frida Innescourt, who played Paul's mother. She was an Mm -hmm. actress that played one of my favorite performances in any movie, especially a genre film. In 1943's The Return of the Vampire, she played opposite Bella Lugosi, who played the vampire that returned. And it was a Columbia picture. It was supposed to be a sequel to Universal's Dracula, but then Universal threatened to sue them. And so they just changed Dracula's name to Armin Tesla and made it anyway. Frida Innescourt plays Lady Jane and she hunts and kills Lugosi twice in this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I gotta see this. <laughs> it is an awesome movie. She doesn't drive the stake, but she gets all the guys, you know, convinces the cops that there's a vampire on the loose and just makes it happen. Definitely check out Return of the Vampire in 1943. She was beautiful. She looked a little like Joan Fontaine when she was younger. I learned something while researching this film that this was one of her last films. She, I think, was very sick. It might have been cancer. I can't remember. But she had a tough time getting through this filming. And if it's not her last, it's very close to the end of her career. And I thought, because somebody in one of the comments had said something like, you can tell her performance is affected by her illness. And I was like, Oh, I thought that was I, just I she was, of, did a great job. I did. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. The only thing that I would have commented on is I wish that her voice was more Southern or Cajun, Louisiana, mm-hmm. but that was it. Her acting was great. All right, Pat, do your thing. I just have one other thing on here. Going back to the period piece like that, I'm like, you know what? Come 2021, I think I'm going to bring back the Colonel Sanders tie that the doctor wore. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that when he walked into the room for his first time, I made a comment to Jay like, oh, let's get some chicken. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. If we're all done with those highs and lows, we'll move into the fun facts with Jared. Three fun facts for you. First fun fact, the makeup effects were done by Ben Nye, who also did makeup effects on Surprise, Surprise, The Fly and Planet of the Apes. So Ben Nye knows what he's doing, which Jason and I did talk about this as well. We both agreed that the makeup effects on halfway alligator Paul was really good. Full alligator Paul, you know. Not so much. Now you see 1959. Yeah, I was expecting to see full alligator Paul, like, just got back from a football game from the stands. Woo, we won! It's got so it's like a hat. He was... <laughs> That's Florida, right? Yes, yes. it is. <laughs> Okay, fun fact number two, Beverly Garland. We had a lot of nice things to say about her. She was a star of this film. Might be familiar to Superman fans. If you were a fan of the show Lois and Clark, she played Lois Lane's mother of Lois and Clark. Oh. And finally, Bruce Bennett had a really good agent. (laughs) And I say that because Bruce Bennett got second billing in this movie, and we've not brought his name up. He was one of the psychiatrists (laughs) in the wraparound at the beginning and in the end. He was like the white-haired psychiatrist. The older one. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It was like, how did that guy get second billing? I don't Star know. Star quality. Maybe he was hot at the time. I sure couldn't tell you. That might be something that sort of just lost the time. But yeah, second billing. And he was in it for, what, four or five minutes, maybe, screen time? Yeah, at most. Well, with that, it's time to rate the film. You guys know how we do it here. We got a scale of one to five. And this time around, it's be one to five. Hook hands. Everybody get out your fake hook hands. Arr. Arr. 
One to five hook hands. Five means you loved it. Four means you thought it was very good. Three was it was good. Two was eh, just okay. And one, I did not like it. Jerry, how many hook hands are you going to give one to five? The way I judge these films are pretty simple. You can't look at the effects like the CGI or the acting or the writing. I mean, sometimes it's good, but it's often uneven, these movies that have such low budgets. So the one thing that I ask myself is, was I bored? And absolutely not. The alligator people did not bore me. I was engrossed the whole time. The main cast was awesome. They get along well, which I like. Cheney's a bad guy, but the real enemy is science. So I'm going to come in with four hook hands. Four hook hands from the professor. It is indeed a show. Let's go to Delvin. How many hook hands are you going to give it, Delvin? I hope no one gets hook hands confused with silver hands. Completely different. <laughs> not a thing. I just hook hands, not a thing. Silver hands, absolutely a thing. I just don't forget that. Got it. We clear? We good? You can have silver hook hands. Though. Nope. <laughs> no, you can't. Have, there's no silver hook hands. Like uh, there's, It was a terrible hook. You're getting me all riled up. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. Four. Good. It was really good. I was doing that, oh, 74 minutes. I won't watch it. And I started, and you know how it is. Like, all right, I'm going to wait for the slow part or when I zone out. And I never did. Because at a certain point, I'm like, okay, I know about 20 minutes have passed. I'm still very, very much interested. And then I could tell when that final act was starting as well. I'm like, yep, all right, got about 13 minutes left, let's go. And no lull throughout, very good action. It just felt bad for Paul. I was hoping for a happy ending for the guy, and it Mm -hmm. didn't happen. And it was a good story. And then the trauma at the end, of course, they were kind of like, should we tell her this story that she's like, "Uh, nah. (laughs) Nah, let let her live her life, and she is completely blacked it out good, because that's the only way that she could possibly live a productive life. So very good story, and I enjoyed it. I really did. Excellent. A few years later, like she wasn't Joyce anymore. She was Jane. Jane would go to the movie to see Burt Reynolds in a movie called Gator, and it would all just come flooding back. (laughs) 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 Pat, hook hands one through five. You know, going into it, too, I was kind of trepidatious. I wasn't sure what this movie. Whoa. Yeah, big word there. Pat, just didn't happened? stumble over it, just blew right through What the it. heck? Stop. Just, stop. What the hell is going on? That's like four syllables. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, know. I got the dictionary toilet paper, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put some in the LBC, you know, restrooms here so mm-hmm. we can all get educated. Thank you. <laughs> What's another word for the stars? <laughs> it's dictionary. I just got done going to the bathroom. <laughs> It's also lexicon. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, Pat. Back to you. You were trepidatious. What I was going to see, I'm like, alligator people. What is this? And like I mentioned before, I was, is this a horror? Is this what's going on? Coming in at about a three. And then like Delvin said, it kept me interested. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, about, I'm I'll watch 20 minutes of it and I'll see what's going on. And then I'll do it again. And it just kept going and going. And all the way through, I was hooked. So I am giving it four Hooks. All right. Four hooks uh, so far from everybody. Double and back. Delvin, did Miranda watch with you or solo watch? I solo watched. Had a little downtime at work. Went ahead and checked it out. Right. Yeah, I think she would have enjoyed it. She would have liked it just fine. Interesting. All right. Weasel Skull? I agree. I got that text 
from you reminded us <laughs> that this was tonight. And I watched it two nights ago. And I was like, oh, man, got to squeeze it in before I fly. I'll watch half of it tonight, half of it tomorrow night. I need to get to bed. And using the pat scale of did it keep me engrossed all the way through? Yeah, I watched it all the way through. I was hooked by the performance. I was hooked by the setting of the story was really good. So I was hooked a total of one, two, three, four times. So four hooks for me. Woo! I'm going to call that method. You're either on the train or off the train. Yeah. And, you know, you get halfway through it, you're on the train. Or, or I went full gator. That's another mm-hmm. way you can. <laughs> but see, Paul was off the train. Anyway. Yeah, he was off the train. I'm like, Paul, get back on the train, Paul. Come on. What are you doing? Why are you running, Paul? And you know what? That's going to bring it to my final rating. I'm going to go full five hooks, guys. I adore this movie. This is a movie that I not only will watch again, I've watched it twice now. And I will mm-hmm. watch it again. And I look forward to watching it again. I just really love the fact that almost like Pat, the first time I watched it, I was like, what is it just going to be one of those cheesy sci-fi, like giant claw, Jerry, you've probably seen the giant claw like that. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what I got was this really engaging mystery and great character development. So yeah, I'm all in on this movie and that's why I picked it. I mean, I'd be silly to give it less than a five since it was my choice. I'm just really glad that everybody here enjoyed it too. I told Jason, (laughs) Delvin, you could choose whether or not to be insulted by this if you want. I told Jason, I said, when I watched it all the way through, my five-year-old stayed engaged and really liked it. I knew I could keep Delvin hooked into this movie. <laughs> I just, I don't know if that's an insult to you to say you're Wait like a five-year-old it. or if it's like, I know you so well. I'm like, I know what movies will hold you and what movies will not hold you. <laughs> now I'm picturing Delvin and Jay just, just sitting like a two of <laughs> What, did, did you like get on your phone at all or anybody while you were watching this and kind of get? No, I didn't. There you go. I did not. Not even once. Mm. You heard it here first, folks. If 1959's Alligator People hasn't made it to your radar, I want to give it a shot. We warned you earlier. Delvin told you to go watch it. So anyway, with that, it's time to get into the feedback. So let's give some special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy special access to long box episodes, voting on show programming, and so much more. These are the folks who are reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being a friend. Michael Wagner. And Helica Wolf. Oh, oh. Anthony at TFU.info. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Bob Buster. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robeson. Is it Harold? Harold Green? Gerald Green? Gerland. Gerland. I'm going to go with Gerald Green. Thank you for being a a sponsor of the show, Jerry. Yeah, you're welcome. Greg Van Leuven. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Slackers. Mysterious Mark Hatherley. (laughs) Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And one-time donor Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release. 
So if you're a recent addition, we'll add you soon. But no problem. Just let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? I've been asking and asking and asking, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's impossible. Jared. Yes. Uh, um, I'm not Jason, and I'm also not like weirdly angry for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? You can't, well, Delvin. It's impossible. I just learned that. I'm sorry. That's right. Everybody should stop listening. All right. I think he's gone. Okay. You just go to patreon.com slash Crusade for as little as $1 a month. You get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. What do we spend that money on? Hey, I just got back. What did I miss? Nothing. No, nothing. You missed nothing at all. We actually spend it on the members. We buy oh, presents. Oh. We do for raffles. We do use it for the occasional technology upgrade. If you've noticed that the weasel skull has been sounding better for the last several months, that's your money at work. We got him a microphone upgrade. These are the things we spend your money on, and we appreciate the heck out of it. You are contributing to the quality of our show. But hey, you know what? If you don't have extra scratch laying around, you want to help us out, just give us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And if you give us a nice review, we'll read whatever you write in those review words, as long as they're, you know, appropriate. But yep, give us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. With that, let's get into our likes, shares, and retweets, which means we got to get into a time machine, guys, because the last time we did an SMT movie, hashtag SMT movie, was April 4th of 2020. Wow. We released, that's not where we recorded it. That's where we released it. <laughs> we released Delvin's episode of 1966's Batman the Movie, starring Adam West and Burt Ward. So let's get into our likes, shares, retweets, and comments for that. Delvin, who's been liking, sharing, and retweeting? We will start with Simone Bar Brisbois. Warlord Worlds. Green Lantern HG. Oh, yes, this worked out well. <laughs> Professor Frenzy. It's a show. It's a show. It's a frenzy show. So I've got, I don't need a beat. I'm doing a Prince thing. Unpacking the power pack. It's like you get nice scratches on your back. Jeff and Rick unpacking the pack. And when they do it well, you want to pack it right back. Jeff and Rick, unpacking the power back. Rad Adventures. All right, boys, here we go. Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Jerry, let it roll. <laughs> let it roll. Come on. The highway. Unpacking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go, Jason. Ross Michaud. <laughs> Mark Hatherley. Ken Solo shot first. We see the world in Bende dots. That's actually a person. Crazy Talk Al. Fan Film Fridays. Coffee and Comics. Austin Kuykendall. Rick Heineken. Derek William Crabb. And Helica Fetty Wolf. Ow. Ow. Clinton Robeson. Max Traver. And we will close out with Ivan Chutley. Pat, you can go ahead and pick a comment from that episode way back in April. All right. I'll go with our first one here from Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack because the Power Pack cover don't stop. Doesn't ever stop unpacking. <laughs> and Rick says, a fun romp with the most present and dressed members of the LBC crew. Thanks for giving us a chuckle during these troubled times. 
We are always happy to bring a smile on everybody's faces. You know it. I'll pick up this one from Green Lantern HG. I've been good Santa. And he says, happy 40th episode. Great episode, guys. My first bets was the Adam West show. And my favorite is the animated series. This from a guy who hated Batman and learned to love him when I went back to comics. Now the Bat family is almost as important as the GLC. Nice. I think Professor Frenzy knows a thing or two about the Bat family. A little. A little bit. (laughs) You want to take one of the last two remaining ones, sir? Your choice. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) You read it so well. I think that was from first-time commenter Robert T. Muhammad, so thanks for dropping a comment, Robert. All right, I'll finish it off with a comment from Ivan Chedley, who says, Holy Crusade, Batman. This is the right place for that, with the long yeah. last crusade. Mm-hmm. All right, Jason, do your thing. Yes, sir. That's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I am glad you asked. You can find the Longbox Crusade on the iTunes, the Google Play, and most podcatchers, or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. You can find us as well on YouTube for some live shows at Longbox Crusade. And we're just a little bit away from reaching 100 people subscribers. So go out there and hit that subscribe button. Smash it. Smash cool. it up, flip it, I and rub it down. <laughs> rub it down. <laughs> Let it roll. All right. And if you're like us and you love 007 and you want to listen to us track through all the James Bond movies and the books and the comic books and the music, then come and join us on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find that on. Uh... Oh, hang on. Someone's here. Yeah, I'm here to answer the advertisement says you're looking for a new roommate. I don't know, man. It's kind of soon. It's kind of soon. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I just move in a few days. You know, we'll see how it works. What you guys doing? Oh, boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> no? Yeah. We're, we're, recording, we're recording a show, uh, Mr. Walken. We're, we're right at Oh, he knows, he knows who I am. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. The guy over there knows who I am. Guy who knows who I am. What's your name, sir? My my name's Dark Web, Mr. Wall. What was it before you changed it? Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it doesn't fit when I do it. So, anyways, I might be around a while. I might not. Who knows? Oh, God. Anyway, not a majesty. We're still podcast. in mourning. We're still in mourning, Chris. We'll see how you work out with Mary Jane. Why don't you go over there and you can you can talk to her, Mr. Walker. Oh, she's and... a lovely lady. I'll check that out. I know he's right. happy as in the saddle, babe. <laughs> he should be gone for a good six minutes. So uh, <laughs> if you want to hear us talk about James Bond films, just go to iTunes, Google Play, most podcasts. Look for us under On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Or you can go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com. On Twitter, we are at OHMSpod. Back to you, Jason. And if you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat Kick Us Off. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jason? You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977. Jared. 
You can find me on... Oh, boys! What's the rent? <laughs> well, Mr. Connery never paid it. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's <laughs> so long since we got any, I forgot. Yeah, you see, Mr. Walken, I, I do have some import-exporting things that, Ed, that oh, you can help me with. We don't... I don't know if we, don't know if we can encourage that. I got spare time! Anyway, you know what? You guys work that out. I'm going to do my thing. I'm at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. And at this point, I need to give it to Jerry. Jerry, please pimp your shows and where people can find you. Be thorough, sir. This is your moment. Spotlight. What you got? You can catch me on the podcast I do with my uh, podcast partner, Chris. It's called The Professor Frenzy Show. We cover indie comics. And I also have music and comics content on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Professor Frenzy. And on Twitter, at Professor Frenzy. Thank you, Jerry, and thank you so much for being with us today. If the rest of you want to interact with us with live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, you can join us for our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. And please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Well, thank you all for joining us. We had a ton of fun, and we will see you next episode when we'll return to 1954 Sherlock Holmes, and our next episode will feature the case of the impromptu performance. The meetup location is 221B Baker Street. Mm-hmm.